Easter massacre. Hundreds of people injured and killed in a series of horrific bombings across Sri Lanka. The violent blasts targeting hotels popular with foreigners and Christian worshipers celebrating Easter morning in church. And revealing report. The Mueller report is finally public, but in Washington, even that will not be the final word. The facts are damning. It's over, folks. Now the president is questioning the credibility of Mueller's findings. Is he saying his own top aides lied? The president's attorney, Mayor Rudy Giuliani, is here. Plus, the I-word. As Democratic leaders push for more information... We still want the Mueller report in its entirety, and we want other evidence, too. Some already see a roadmap to impeachment. It's my responsibility to speak out. How will other presidential contenders respond? 2020 candidate Congressman Tim Ryan in moments. Hello, I'm Jake Tapper in Washington, where the State of Our Union is praying for Sri Lanka. We have a lot of politics to get to this morning, including an interview with President Trump's attorney, Rudy Giuliani. But I want to begin with the horrific breaking news out of Sri Lanka, an island nation off the southern coast of India. There are at least 200 people who have been killed, 450 more injured this morning after eight coordinated bombings across the country on this Easter Sunday. The explosions occurred at churches as worshipers attended Easter Mass. There were also bombings at three hotels popular with foreign tourists, and there are close to 30 foreigners among the dead, according to Sri Lankan officials who said there have been arrests made this morning regarding the bombings. President Trump responded to the attacks this morning in a tweet offering his condolences about the terrorist attacks and saying we stand uh, ready to help. Uh, I want to go now to CNN International Diplomatic Editor Nick Robertson, who joins me with more. And Nick, what's the very latest? Uh, Jake, it's still not clear who was behind the bombing. Very clear this was coordinated, that it was well planned, uh, that these uh, people were intending to send a very clear message on this one of the most holy days in the Christian calendar, Easter, that they were attacking Christians, not just people in hotels who might have been foreigners, but very clearly intent on attacking Christians. And it comes uh, at a terrible week for the church, who've had the burning down of, uh, or the partial burning down of the Notre Dame Cathedral in Paris. You have that arson attack on St. Patrick's cathedral in new york just two weeks ago um, and a church burnt down in louisiana you have the ongoing um, scandal within the catholic church about abuse that continues to rumble on and here in northern ireland just ahead of the uh, easter republican parades commemorating the irish uh, overthrowing uh, british rule in ireland uh, police raids here in this city of Derry led to riots pet- uh, youth throwing petrol bombs at police vehicles and a group called the new IRA, that the police are branding a new type of terrorist, a new brand, a new breed of terrorists, stepped out, fired shots, and killed a local aspiring journalist. This is a tough time for Christians and a tough time this week for the church. Jake? Is there any, is there any information? I know we're, the death toll uh, in Sri Lanka keeps, uh, keeps rising. Is there inf- any information? I know no identification of who might be responsible. But is there any information about the seven individuals who we're told have been arrested? 
So far not. Uh, what we do know is during one of the raids for arrests uh, that the police, the special forces team, were seen to be targeted by a suicide bombing or, or a bomb that was left attached to a tripwire or something as they went into one of the premises that they were searching. So clearly this group uh, knew that the police were going to come after and the police had a pretty clear idea where they were, but precisely from the government who these people are. This is not a typical type of attack by the Tamil separatists who ended their 25-year civil war with the government there 10 years ago. This is not the type of attack they would perpetrate. Uh, they were more of a secular type organization. It has the hallmarks of ISIS. ISIS was already crowing about it in its propaganda, as it always does. But there's no indication confirmed yet that this would be, uh, that this is ISIS. Obviously, concerns high. And we know the Sri Lankan government a few years ago warned about possible growth of small, very small uh, ISIS cells in their country. All right, Nick Robertson, uh, thank you so much. And uh, CNN and CNN International will continue to stay on top uh, of the story uh, as information develops. Let's turn now uh, back to the long-awaited release of the Robert Mueller reports. President Trump is claiming total exoneration after the partially redacted document was released to Congress and the public. But maybe he didn't read the whole report. The special counsel says there is insufficient evidence anyone affiliated with the Trump campaign engaged in criminal conspiracy with the Russians, but it also details what even some Republican critics are assailing as a culture of lies at the White House and unethical actions on the Trump campaign on the subject of possible obstruction of justice by the president. Mueller did not come to a conclusion. He seemed to leave it up to Congress to decide. And joining me now, President Trump's personal attorney, the former mayor of New York City, Rudy Giuliani. Uh, Mr. Mayor, first of all, happy Easter. Happy Easter. Jim. Thank you so much for being here. <laughs> you said on Thursday that the rebuttal to the Mueller report is, quote, ready to go, and you expect to release it after the weekend. Your colleague Jay Sekulow said he doesn't expect that you will need to put out a rebuttal at all. Uh, clear this up for us. Are you going to well, re- we release ready, a rebuttal? We were ready to go if we thought that a lot of the issues were left open, too open. Right now, they seem to be okay, but we're ready to put it out when we have to. But you're not necessarily going to put it out. Uh, I think the odds are it'll get out at some point. For example, you have testimony coming up. Uh, I know that the attorney general is going to the president and you both embracing that part of the Mueller report and then calling in the president's words, BS, the rest of the, re- <laughs> the, re- the rest of the report. And I'm, 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 he didn't well, actually bit, say BS. Well, he, BS is not quite a legal word. term, but, you know, right. it's a term that most people understand. But how can well, you criticize here, here, and embrace at the same here's time? Here's the difference, because, for, first of all, overview, this is a, a prosecutor's document. Uh, 400 pages, the prosecutor's view. And then a prosecutor, which I think people would grant, had a lot of people that were somewhat biased against the president. I don't so, know that everybody would grant that, but okay, well, that's I mean, your if opinion. You, no, if you have somebody there who's a key prosecutor who was uh, chief counsel to the Clinton Foundation, my goodness, I mean, that isn't much of a stretch. But in any event, a lot of things are left out. A lot of things are false. I shouldn't say a lot of things. Some things are false. A lot of things are questionable. What's false? Well, a lot of what Cohen, they recite what Cohen said as if it's the truth. Cohen's incapable of telling the truth. But what specifically is in the I'll report? I'll tell you what's specifically in the report. That Cohen, uh, that, that we dangled a pardon in front of Cohen. We did not dangle a pardon in front of Cohen. And his lawyer, his lawyer is willing to testify that we didn't. They didn't bother, they didn't bother to include that in the report, which is clear refutation of what he said. Nor do they list all of the things that go to Cohen's credibility that would cast a doubt on everything he's saying. It was not a fair report. It wasn't like the normal prosecutor. When you find that a person didn't commit the crime, you then go look at the hypothesis of how did it come about? How did it start? No examination of how could the FBI have started an investigation of a presidential candidate 
based on those 10 words that were said to Papadopoulos. Mm-hmm. Don't indicate any involvement by the candidate. Normally what the FBI would do is warn the candidate, like they did with Feinstein when she had a communist spy on her staff. No, no delving into that. Uh, it's clear that they, they tried very, very hard to cr- create a case that the president was involved in Russian whatever. Couldn't do it. They tried 100 different ways. They put Manafort in jail. They put him in solitary confinement. Right. They questioned him 13 times. He wouldn't give him the information 13 times. They tried to crack people. There's no question they prosecuted Flynn, not because Flynn did anything wrong. They created what Flynn did wrong. So they, but this was an And investigation. then they prosecuted him to crack him. This, this is an investigation into Russian election interference, right? Russian attempted interference in the election. Well, and and, that, and, that, and that, there, that, there that, are Russians have no, that have been indicted. I have no problem with investigating Russian interference in an election. But there are Russians who are indicted. But that's not the reason this was a big story. This is a big story because they said that the man who got elected president of the United States was conspiring with the Russians in that interference, which is close to treason. Man, that's what made it a national, international story. You know, there are people Russians on the have campaign been interfer- who were talking to Russians, right? Re- Russians, yeah, and there were people on Hillary's ca- campaign that were talking to Ukrainians. I mean, the reality is, you think this is the first time the Russians have interfered in an American election? No, it's definitely not. But let me ask you a question, because uh, Mitt Romney put out a statement saying that he was, quote, appalled that, among other things, fellow citizens working in a campaign for president welcomed help from Russia, including information that had been illegally obtained, that none of them acted to inform American law enforcement. Again, it's again, it's good news man, that there is insufficient man, evidence. But man, what, what about the willingness? I could tell you the things he wanted to do. That Rudy Giul- that, no, that, that, that guy wanted to do. Come on. Man. What do you mean? The things that stop the bull. Wanted? Stop the bull. Stop this pious act that you weren't digging, trying to dig up dirt on people, putting dirt out on people. Who, Mitt Romney? When he was running for president. He ran, I ran against him. Right. So did John McCain run against him. But he wasn't accepting information from foreigners. I don't know if he was accepting information from foreigners. Who, who says that the president accepted information from foreigners? You mean people on his campaign might have done it? But First the, of all, the Trump Tower meeting, I think, is what but, he was referring to. The willingness to sit down with Russians offering dirt on Hillary Clinton. That is what, what Mitt seems to be talking about. What a hypocrite. But why is that any candidate, any candidate in the whole world in America would take information negative from a to foreign your, source from a hostile foreign source? Who says it's even illegal? Who says it's even illegal? And does the information turn out to be false, by the way? The information that was gleaned and disseminated, every newspaper printed it. Why did the Washington Post print the information that came from a foreign source when they knew it was hacked? Aren't they just as wrong for doing that as the campaign wanting to use it? Why, why do you information think, Mitt Rom- why do you think out- Mitt Romney is a hypocrite if he is Because saying- Mitt Romney did things very similar to that. Taking information no, from Russians? No, no. There's nothing, there's nothing wrong with taking information from Russians. There's nothing it wrong with taking information. It depends on where it came from. It depends on where it came from. You're assuming that the giving of information is a campaign contribution. You read the report carefully. Mm-hmm. The report says we can't conclude that because the law is pretty much against that. Do you th- people get information from this person, that person? So this you, person? W- you would have accepted information from Russians against a client, against a, against a candidate if you were running in the presidential I, election? I probably, I probably wouldn't. I wasn't asked. I would have advised just out of excess of caution, don't do it. I'll give you another thing. But you're, saying, but you're saying there is nothing wrong with doing that. You, I mean, that's there's, no, just, there's no crime. I'm not talking about crime. I'm talking about. We're going to get into morality? morality. Yeah. Well, that isn't what prosecutors look at, morality. No, but that's what Mitt Romney is referring to. But this didn't become an international scandal because of immorality. It became an international scandal because the president was accused of violating the law falsely. And now nobody wants to try to figure out who did it because that's the real wrongdoing here. 
And the reality is... But you don't think this is immoral or unethical to take... Well, suppose I do. Yeah. I'm going to prosecute people for immoral... I'm not talking about the prosecution I'm going to go look at every... I'd like to take a good look at Romney's campaign and see if there were any immoral or or unethical things done by the people working for him that he didn't know about. If if there weren't, then it was the only campaign in history because he's maybe as holier than the holiest one. There's no campaign in history but do you that think, hasn't you, done that. You think that there shouldn't be a high standard for the president of the United States that he, he not... You are mixing up two things. Ethics mix- and law is what I'm... Number mixing. one. Yeah. Number one. Number two, you're mixing up what happens at this level of campaign and what the candidate knows about. Well, I mean, Donald this, this Trump, level was the campaign chairman, the president's son, and the president's son But it son wasn't the president. It was not the president. But that's not and, a low and, level. That's a high level, the, the campaign chairman and his well, okay. son and son-in-law. People other than the candidate. Right. People other than the candidate. The question is, did Donald Trump, let's call that collude, collude with the Russians? The answer is, he didn't collude with them, he didn't conspire with them, he didn't coordinate with them. And all of that that was run against him, wait now, all of that that was run against him, two FBI investigations has found out to be false. And now that it's over. Insufficient evidence. And now. Insufficient evidence. Whoa, no, not on collusion. Right, they said they could not find criminal, they could not find sufficient evidence of criminal conspiracy. They couldn't find a single piece of evidence for anything. Hacking. Dissemination. There's an entire volume of, of evidence. It just yeah, doesn't rise to criminality. There's an entire volume of stuff. Of stuff. Not of well, evidence. You can call it stuff, but Mitt Romney obviously finds it offensive well, that fellow citizens working on a campaign you, welcomed you help from Russia. But you're, you're quoting Mitt Romney like he's an unbiased source. This man has a whole history of awful things said about uh, Donald Trump, including he's morally unfit to be president. Before we ever knew that anything but you, about it. you just said you wouldn't accept help from the Russians if you were I don't know if I would or I wouldn't. I, 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 the legal advice I would give is out of an excess of caution, don't do it. But maybe that's informed somewhat by what is going on right now and what we've learned since then. The reality is you're picking on a minor point when the major point is he was pursued for years for a false charge. Two FBI investigations, one with four affidavits for electronic surveillance, that turn out to be fraudulent. That's a big crime. Now, it turns out he didn't do it. Isn't anybody in the media interested in, how did this happen? Is this just an accident? With the investigation into the president, how did it happen? Yeah, yeah. We, how, we know the, the, no, you don't know. the volume of, no, you don't. You're never the detail of, of, of how and why it started. No, 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 they didn't. It what started they, with George Papadopoulos and somebody you would never, him. You never would have started an investigation of a major party candidate, of the candidate, but the, based on a, wait, the based on was one, hacked. And John Podesta was, spear, was spearfished and, and, and all these e- emails were illegally. But those two things are disconnected. Trump had nothing to do with that. The, no, it's not disconnected. They were that's what they were investigating. Russian Jake, election. You're election. fighting it. You're fighting it so hard. It's no, so, and I'm it's just so pointing obvious. out the facts in the but, report. But there's sir. a prejudice. I got to tell you, it's just assumed that anything about him, we're going to magnify it. And anything about the other side, we don't look at the, the whole situation of Papadopoulos to a trained investigator mm. is extremely unbelievably suspicious. The man is given one little piece of information. The Russians, the have, Russians dirt, have Hillary Clinton's by a Maltese counterintelligence guy. OK. Uh, by Mifsud. Mifsud. Yeah. And then he repeats it a month later to an Australian guy with a very shady background, big contributor to Hillary Clinton, even though he's an Australian. Contributor to Hillary Clinton. He's an Australian. You can't contribute. No, no. To he's a, he's, I think he's a citizen now. Not, not illegal. He raised money for it. Helped to get money. Oh, oh to the foundation. I'm sorry. To the Clinton to the foundation. foundation. Can I ask you a question about but Don wait, again? Wait, wait. No, I want to finish the thought. It's a really important thought. That man is told the same information that Mifsud Gave him, and all it says is the Russians. The Russians have, have information. These emails from Hillary. Clinton. That does not justify. But that's. Tr- but it was true, and it was an attack. But on it the doesn't United justify States. an investigation of Donald Trump 
as candidate for president of the United States. There is right now as much evidence that Obama may have known about the Steele dossier and affidavits as Trump might have known about that. In fact, more because there's a text between Struck and Page. I don't know any saying. I, well, oh, yes, you do. I, Struck, the, Struck Barack and Obama, Page. The said the administration, Obama knew. They said the the Obama administration is on top of this. I want to. I want to. I didn't I'm, say he knew. Yeah. I said there's evidence that would suggest you should follow it up and find out. Okay. I, I will investigate I, him. I want to ask you because you've been talking about Don. If we McGahn. did that, this place would go crazy. I want to. I want to talk about Don McGahn because the the question of obstruction of justice is one of, is the second volume. Uh, of Correct. this report. Um, in uh, one of the examples of potential, it doesn't reach an, a conclusion, it kicks it to Congress, obstruction of justice has to do with President Trump directing White House counsel at the time, Don McGahn, to have Rod Rosenstein fire the special counsel. You said that account from McGahn was, quote, inaccurate. And McGahn's attorney responded saying, quote, it's a mystery why Rudy Giuliani feels the need to relitigate incidents that the attorney general and deputy attorney general have concluded were not obstruction, but they are accurately described in the report. So McGahn is standing by his account, which as Mueller, the, the account of well, that President Trump lawyer, told him I would to ask get rid lawyer, of uh, I'd Rob, ask his, Bob Mueller. Have you read, read page 117, 118 of the report? I would ask which of the three versions is McGahn standing by? There are three versions he gives of that account. Mm-hmm. Version number one, which we put in the New York Times, which maybe he no, did. No, let's, let's just stick to the to result. Took it as a, it wasn't an order to fire him. Let me ask you, because we're running out of time. There are 12 other investigations that have been kicked to other prosecutors, and we don't know what they are. There are 14 total, but we know what two of them are. One is Cohen, and one is uh, Greg Craig, Obama's former chief uh, White House counsel. Then there are 12 others we don't know. And the Mueller report also makes a point uh, that presidents can be prosecuted once they leave office. Those those angry Democrats would love to see that. my question for you is, are you concerned as President no, Trump's I'm lawyer about further they legal jeopardy? took their best shot. It, that report is a one-sided document, which you're treating as gospel. I'm treating it as a prosecutorial document, well, as you as you. Well, know. any prosecutorial document is a one-sided document, even if the prosecutor's fair. Mm-hmm. And when you got one who isn't, who's got a bias You don't think it. Robert Mueller's fair? I don't think his people were fair. But you, I don't but think he, that report is but fair. But he signed his name to it. Well, Whatever he should you never have signed people. his name to a document that says... On page two, mm-hmm. that he, he has to be convinced that the president didn't do it. Mm-hmm. When did a prosecutor ever have to be convinced he didn't do it? That is taking the burden of proof in America, flipping it around so we, only on Donald Trump. He has to be able to prove that the person did it. You read that first two paragraphs and you mm-hmm. understand anything about the law or the ethics of a prosecutor. That's a horrendous statement. It says he can't be conv- even the statement that. So we shouldn't take this as exoneration of the president because the document is not credible. We shouldn't take it as exoneration of the president. You're, you're, you're saying that this no, document is not no, credible. You, no, how about looking at it this way? People who were unfair to him, people who wrote an unfair report, people who came close to torturing people to get information and break them. Came close to torturing people? Yeah, how about having Manafort... Came, came close to torturing people? Yes, how about having Manafort in solitary confinement and questioning him 13 times? Maybe torture is too much. You were a prosecutor. Un- Did you put people in solitary confinement? To question them? Absolutely not. I put him in solitary confinement. I put one in solitary confinement because he threatened to kill me, Carmine Persico, who just died a while ago. Did I put him in solitary confinement and bring him back 13 times to question him, telling they're lying, telling them that they really knew that the president was involved in the collusion when they didn't? No, I never did that. And I'd fire anybody who did it. And Andrew Weissman never should have been working for him because Andrew Weissman is a hitman. Demonstrated. Andrew Weissman is a hitman. A hitman in terms of the way in which he operates. He's an aggressive prosecutor. Yeah, read Sidney Powell's book about how he prosecuted the people from Arthur Anderson 
The case went out 9-0, Supreme Court, no crime committed, Arthur Anderson destroyed. Look at the Merrill Lynch people, kept in jail for seven months, found innocent, mm-hmm. and he wouldn't let them out on bail, pending appeal in a white-collar case. Look at the situations in which he withheld exculpatory evidence. This guy shouldn't have been working. Right. And I will amend Hitman if anybody is too sensitive to well, that. I'm not sensitive what I mean about is it. I just unethical, mean- unethical prosecutor. But you guys didn't care that he put together a staff of Hillary-loving, Trump-hating people led by an investigator who, luckily, we have his text, mm. wanted to prevent Donald Trump from being president and wanted to remove him afterwards. Robert Mueller, very Struck- well-regarded Republican, former head Maybe of the he FBI. Maybe he wasn't paying attention. When he was appointed... Uh, Republicans, including President uh, Trump supporters, Me too. like Newt Gingrich and yourself, and then when he, praised him. You got it. Then, and he put then, forward a report that ultimately cleared President And that Trump takes every cheap shot imaginable because he couldn't prove you it. You call it cheap shots. Other people call it evidence. But you don't, you don't just spew out all this stuff and not criticize it. Why don't we hear in there mm. how often Cohen perjured himself under oath as a way of evaluating the truthfulness of what Cohen is saying today. Unfortunately, I, I have to cut you off because if we're you out think of time. that's a one, if you think that's a fair document, mm-hmm. then it's using a standard of proof that you have to absolutely prove your innocence. Then we're living in a different country other than America. I think, and if Bob, maybe Bob didn't read that carefully, mm-hmm. but that infects the entire document. Well, I mean, when people have to prove their innocence, we're in a different country, and that's the stand. And by the way, yeah. the president is innocent. He is definitely innocent of both. And why aren't people now equally interested in how about all the connections that the Hillary campaign had with Ukraine? And did that have something to do with the genesis of the information on him? and Mr. Madison? Mayor, that's all the time we have. Thank you so much for being Ukraine here. Ukraine is Easter. investigating Happy the Clinton campaign. Happy Easter for, to you and your for family. For being involved with Ukraine. Mm-hmm. And that hasn't been covered by a single the, American newspaper, the, except Russia attacked the United States. The report makes that clear. You agree and with that? And the president of the United States and, is, and the president of the United States from the Russians. Um, what's your reaction? Well, the reaction to the overall interview was you're, you're a very patient man. Uh, there was a lot of characterization, assassination. There was a lot of flailing about. There was accusing people of being hitmen, of torture, all sorts of outrageous things that were said in the context, by the way, of talking about a very nuanced a sober report being unfair. On the question of whether or not it's okay to take information from the Russians, I appreciate that Rudy Giuliani's role in this is to defend the president, I guess, at all costs, no matter what argument uh, he can put forth, whether it makes sense or not, uh, that he should pause and think about what he's saying, not just as an advocate for a president who he claims was exonerated in a report that he's nonetheless attacking uh, vociferously. The, the idea that it is okay, separate apart from it being a, a criminal offense, uh, that we should be telling future candidates in the run-up to an election in 2020 that if an adversary, a foreign adversary, is offering information uh, against a political opponent, uh, that it's okay and right and proper and American uh, and patriotic, it seems, he's saying, to take that information, that's okay. That's an extraordinary statement, and I would hope he would retract it. Uh, Rudy's main argument uh, in the interview seemed to be that the Mueller report uh, wasn't fair. Uh, what did you think of that? I mean, if you look at the Mueller report overall, there are a couple of things that he seems to, to have issue with. One is that this information is in the report at all. And obviously, it's, you know, a particular point of view. The reason we know about it and the reason it's public is because the attorney general, Bill Barr, put it out. Some people would like it all out, but it was Bill Barr who made the decision to put out the, you know, the, 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 you know, the full amount of it minus some redactions for classified information and other things. Second, you know, it seems to me, and I think we should, we should get clarity from Bob Mueller. Uh, so I think there's some legitimate 
uh, confusion about what Mueller's intent was in not making an ultimate decision about whether or not a crime was stated with respect to obstruction. But from my read of it, and it's just my read, uh, and some people, was the White House counsel understood exactly what the president wanted. And that's further corroborated by the fact that Donald Trump did 80 other things that suggested he wanted Bob Mueller gone, suggested that he wanted uh, Jeff Sessions to unrecuse, suggested that he wanted Jeff Sessions to change the focus of the investigation, even telling someone who's outside of the White House, Corey Lewandowski, to write a memo that he dictated, if you read the report, mm -hmm. to Jeff Sessions saying, change the focus of the investigation and get it off me. The evidence is overabundant that Donald Trump wanted Bob Mueller gone and that he told McGahn to take care of it. And Preet, uh, uh, lastly, um, there's this question about whether President Trump will be in legal jeopardy uh, after uh, his presidency is over, whether that's in 2021 or 2025. Uh, Rudy Giuliani suggested uh, he's not worried at all. Uh, they got their shot and, and, and they missed. Um, uh, what do you think? Is there exposure for President Trump, uh, legal exposure? Uh, and Mueller alluded to the fact that uh, presidents are not immune from prosecution after the presidency is over. Yeah, look, I mean, the, the Mueller view, it seems to me, if you look at the document, is that they absolutely believe there is a potential uh, viable prosecution once Donald Trump leaves office. I mean, he says in, in, in great particularity that although you cannot prosecute a sitting president under the OLC interpretation, we are nonetheless preserving evidence while memories are fresh and documents are available because a president, once he leaves office, can be charged with crimes committed while in office. I don't think it could be more clear whether or not a prosecutor will seek to do it and whether or not um, there will be viable defenses, uh, I don't know. But, but the position of the Mueller team, to me, is clearly the case. They think there's future legal jeopardy. All right, Preparara, thank you so much. Appreciate your time. You. Now I want to get to a response from a Democratic member of Congress uh, who just announced he's running to replace President Trump in 2020, just back from a campaign trip to Iowa. Uh, Democratic presidential candidate, Congressman Tim Ryan of Ohio. Congressman uh, Ryan, uh, always good to see you. Uh, this report is clear that there's Morning. insufficient evidence to charge anybody in the Trump team with criminal conspiracy with Russia interfering in the 2016 election. Isn't that good news for the country? And isn't President Trump right to a, an extent that on that matter, he's been somewhat vindicated? Well, it, you know, if you look at the, inten the intensity of uh, the Russians coming after us, I don't think anybody should be happy with anything right now. It's pretty scary how, how, how uh, vigorous they are in trying to attack our democracy. And, you know, the pre there was a lot in there, and I read it very carefully, of communications within the Trump organization that they could not get to, whether they were using specific apps like Signal or other things. You couldn't really understand uh, exactly what a lot of the conversations were. So I think we should be very, very concerned. I think we need to make sure our guard continues to be up. But most importantly, Russia's trying to divide us, Jake, on every cultural issue we have. And the American people need to recognize we need to start respecting each other, listening to each other, and be very, very careful about how weak we are when the president's trying to throw gasoline on a lot of these cultural rifts in the country. Rudy Giuliani, uh, the president's attorney, just said on the show that there's nothing inherently necessarily wrong with taking help from the Russians. What did you think of that? Well... First, uh, deep sympathy to you, Jake, for having to spend your Easter morning uh, wrestling around with Rudy Giuliani this morning. Uh, but that, that, that's just ridiculous. I think that shows that how toxic the politics are today, this win-at-all-costs uh, attitude that, that the president has and his administration has. That's disgusting to think that any major official, uh, let alone uh, someone so closely tied to the Trump administration, would think that that's a good idea. 
I want you to take a listen to your fellow 2020 candidate, Senator Elizabeth Warren, and her reaction to the Mueller report's conclusions about obstruction of justice. It's my responsibility to speak out. I, I took an oath to the Constitution of the United States, and the Constitution makes clear that the accountability for the president is lies through Congress, and that's the impeachment process. Do you agree that Congress should begin impeachment proceedings against the president? Let me just say, Jake, that after reading that document, uh, in my estimation, I think it's pretty clear that the president obstructed running. We're going to educate our kids and we're going to win the future. Right. Drive the 65.com, Jake, if people want to join this, join this movement. Congressman Tim Ryan of Ohio, uh, thanks so much for joining us. Happy Easter. We'll have you back to talk about uh, a wider breadth of issues. Appreciate your time this morning. Judiciary uh, Chairman Senator Lindsey Graham you. and Congressman Jerry Nadler are digging in on their positions now. But where did they stand back in the 90s? Hint, the opposite, kind of. Stay with us. There's nothing, there's nothing wrong with taking information from Russians. There's nothing it wrong with taking depends information. depends on where it came from. It depends on where it came from. A surprising Easter revelation from Rudy Giuliani uh, about uh, whether or not it's wrong to take information from Russians. Uh, our panel's with us. Former Congresswoman Barbara Stock, uh, thanks so much for being here. Uh, happy Easter, everybody. For happy uh, happy Easter, with that. But, um, Great reporting by CNN this week. On uh, Notre Dame. Thank oh, you. Notre Dame. Oh, yeah. Bring everyone very down. moving and very, very sad, but they will rebuild. Um, is there anything wrong with taking information from the Russians? Uh, yes. I've worked on two Bush campaigns, two Romney campaigns, and that's not something that we would do. And I, I'm not sure why um, Rudy was picking on Mitt Romney or uh, Don McGahn when, in fact, the report is, is fairly positive, as you pointed out. Yeah. And um, you also have a situation where there are people like John Brennan and people who overblew this, you know, the, the conspiracy case or collusion, whatever the word is that you want to use today. And all of the, he wasn't taking yes for an answer on the things that there were yes. So I, I was a little confused by that. It's, mm. a, it's a huge in-kind contribution. It's a massive, illegal, in-kind contribution to accept information or help and benefit from uh, any other entity, but especially a foreign entity. I can't believe Rudy Giuliani, of all people, doesn't, doesn't acknowledge that. What did, what did you make of that? I don't think that you would advise that anybody take help from the Russians. No, inadvisable, certainly, and, uh, born <laughs> and out, illegal. Born out of, uh, I think, in some cases of the people that we read about in the report, inexperience, lack of uh, ethics, perhaps, for some. Um, and, you know, you shouldn't do it. I mean, you just shouldn't do it. At the end of the day, I'm really glad, and I think all Americans should be glad, the report found no coordination and no collusion, which was the, I mean, this has been the animating question of the Trump presidency. It's all we've talked about for two years, and now they can actually move on, perhaps, and have a presidency without the cloud that's been hanging over their head. They shouldn't, they shouldn't relitigate this for the next two years. Let it go and try to have a normal presidency now. Just a correction. The report did not find no collusion. The report found that there was not enough evidence to present a crime of conspiracy beyond a reasonable doubt. And Robert Mueller said that explicitly just because they couldn't raise there was the investigation did not conclude that there was conspiracy doesn't mean that there was no 
evidence. Ins there was. Insufficient evidence of, to present a case right. for criminal conspiracy. Right. What, did, what did you make of Rudy Giuliani saying uh, there's nothing wrong with taking uh, help from the Russians? Jake, there's something wrong with taking help from the Russians, <laughs> folks from Saudi Arabia, Qatar. Like, whoever wants to offer their help today on a presidential campaign, there's something wrong with that. But I actually have been shocked throughout this entire process to find that apparently it is not illegal. I would have thought it would be illegal to try and solicit information to take help and information from a foreign entity in your campaign. But apparently it is not. And so if it is not illegal, I think there are some things Congress can do. I know folks wanna, we're, folks are talking about impeachment, but there's one thing that can happen. I think across the board, we think folks should not be able to take help from any foreign entity. Let's make that illegal. Let's, so, you know, I, I, Senator Romney was very, had very strong words he, the, about this And he was the person activity. who reminded us in 2012 and he Russia did say was a great threat. Some folks yeah. mocked him. I was in college. But, and you know, Obama mocked people, him, too. Let's some people mocked that. him. But I think and he was he born should, correct. Absolutely. He should, then where, let's introduce some legislation in the Senate and let's get a companion piece of legislation in the House and make this illegal. So um, the question, on the question of obstruction of justice, uh, we heard from Senator Elizabeth Warren this weekend uh, that she believes uh, that the House should begin uh, uh, impeachment proceedings. Uh, let's take a listen. Look, this is not something I want to do. That's not the point. It's a point of principle. And every member of the House and every member of the Senate should be called on to vote. Do you believe that that constitutes an impeachable offense? Now, uh, Congressman Tim Ryan uh, was just on, and he's not there yet. He wants the investig. He wants uh, Jerry Nadler and the House Judiciary Committee to begin hearings. And you, and you also heard him say, pretty honestly, I thought we need to educate the American people. In other words, this needs to be a campaign to explain to the American people, if I'm reading him correctly, why the president should be impeached. Although he wasn't there yet, do you think this is the right course of action for your party? Um I, I totally trust the political instincts of Nancy Pelosi. I read the Mueller report, though, as a former federal prosecutor and former attorney general. And to me, that obstruction volume is so overwhelming that there are 10 episodes of obstruction with very specific acts. If I were a prosecutor, I would charge, of course, not, not the president, because you can't charge the president according to the DOJ rules. But after he's out, I certainly would, which means that that is a crime or misdemeanor that the Congress should take up. In my opinion, I get that you're not going to get it in the Senate. I get that. But if you don't stand for what is unlawful against what is unlawful, mm -hmm. then you may end up being complicit down the road. So maybe they're not going to do it right away. But I do think that it that the House should take a stand that this is not acceptable behavior for the for the president of the United States. I think they're going to impeach him. I mean, if you listen to Nadler, if you listen to Cortez, if you listen to the people who I think... Nadler said today, we should point out, uh, that uh, if the charges of obstruction are proven, it is impeachable. I mean, if you, if you listen to the people who have the ability to make this happen, and you listen to the people in the Democratic Party who represent the, the uh, animating heart of the party right now... Ocasio-Cortez. Ocasio-Cortez, yeah. that, that's, that's where they are. I think they're going to do it. I, frankly, the longer they wait to do it, the closer we get into 2020, I think it gets harder for them. I, I think if they were going to do it... Politically, my advice would be to do it now, because if you do it in the middle, in the middle of a presidential campaign, uh, it would look even even worse, I think, for the Democrats. But it's, it's clear to me they're going to do it. I mean, look, the, 
it looks as though from it looks as though that the president attempted to obstruct justice. And the only reason justice wasn't actually obstructed is because there were people around him that were basically basically like, no, nah, Jake, we're not going to do that. So I think this this idea that because an election is coming up, um, Congress or no one can act because they don't want to seem or look nefarious. There is something to be said about oversight. And if, um, if Speaker Pelosi and Democrats in on the Hill believe that this is part of their oversight, believe that this is part of putting a check on the president, I do think they need to make that case to the American people. Then they just need to do it. I don't think folks should be um, hamstrung by an election because there's always an election somewhere sometime. Congress has to do its job in all sense of the word. And if this was built into the Constitution um, mm-hmm. and, and folks feel as though it is a lever that needs to be pulled, pull the lever. Congresswoman, I've known you uh, for, I think, for 20 years or something like that. Let's go back mm-hmm. to 1999. Here is Lindsey Graham, now the chairman of the Senate Judiciary Committee. Here, here was his standard at the time when it was about impeaching Bill Clinton. He doesn't have to say go lie for me to be a crime. You don't have to say let's obstruct justice for, be, uh, for it to be a crime. You judge people on their conduct, not magic phrases. Now, obviously, I think he feels a little differently today. And we should also point out Jerry Nadler, now the chairman of the House Judiciary Committee uh, and a Democrat, said in 1998, talking about Ken Starr's report, who headed the investigation into then President Bill Clinton. Take a listen to what he had to say back then. It's grand jury material. Uh, it represents um, 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 uh, s- statements which may or may not be true by various witnesses, uh, salacious material, all kinds of material that it would be unfair to release. He's now much more proactive in terms of wanting the entire Mueller report. Nancy Pelosi had a similar statement back then, too. So interestingly, Donald Trump didn't think there should be an impeachment, if you remember (laughs) then, because he was a New York Democrat at that time. That's right. (laughs) So, I mean, but I think the American people look at this through that lens. They think all this is none of this is based in what is right or wrong. It's all based in in partisanship. Well, and that's why I think the system worked here. And I want to give a lot of credit to the Justice Department. I want to read a quote from Rod Rosenstein. I think it was last fall when he said, when we look back in the long run on, uh, I'm sorry, the the Justice Department, the president will deserve credit for the folks that he appointed to run the department. Mm -hmm. And I think he does deserve credit for having Jeff Sessions there, who pushed back on doing anything improper. I called for him to recuse himself. He did. I thought there should be a special counsel. I thought Rod Rosenstein was right on that. And I think he did right by the rule of law. Again, Don McGahn also did that. So you have you like the guardrails here. Yeah, you like the guardrails. And the Justice Department, I think Bill Barr has done the same. You have Chris Ray at the FBI. These are all people who are institutionalists who revere the rule of law. But now this is all in a political realm. You're right, the roles are reversed. And the Democrats are going to have to decide, do they think this helps them politically or not? And I think that's how they're going to judge it. But I think mm. we have been spared. And from Tulsi Gabbard to Steny Hoyer, to Republicans have said, mm-hmm. we should celebrate that the, the Mueller found that there wasn't any conspiracy. All right, that's all the time we have. Happy Easter to everyone. Thank you so much. Fareed Zakaria picks up our coverage of the breaking news out of Sri Lanka right now. Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com.
I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, host of the Chasing Life podcast. In honor of our 10th season, we want to hear from you. Leave us a message at 470-396-0832 and tell us how you chase life. It could be used on an upcoming episode.